It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome to Talk with Terry on the Divas That Care Network. I am your host, Terry Wright. Each week on Talk with Terry, my guest and I will discuss a special topic that is close to their heart. Together, we will explore topics that have a huge impact on our lives. Our mission is to share the wide range of strategies my guests have developed or utilized to make a difference. Today, my guest is Jane Lehman. Welcome, Jane. I'm super excited to have you here. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, definitely. So Jane lived in Germany for 25 years where she worked as a professional musician playing the French horn. Jane is a certified mediator, a business owner with Legal Shield, a certified speaker, trainer, and coach through the John Maxwell team, a big sister with Big Brother, Big Sister organization, and a Stephen minister. Wow, Jane, you have a lot of experience under your belt. Tell me a little bit more about your experience in Germany. Well, it all, that all started when I was 26 years old. I was new to the industry. I'd come out of school. I got my first job. And in 1981, here in the United States, President Reagan slashed the funding for the arts. So that was bad news for my industry. And orchestras started folding. And here I was wanting to move up in the industry. And I didn't, I, there was no way. And I simply, rather than get upset about it, I thought, I'm doing something different. And I moved to Europe. And at that time, it was a, a great time to move. Uh, I had several colleagues that were already in Europe, and what we did, we lived together, we worked together, and over about three weeks, it took me to get my first job, and I, I got a job in an orchestra, and I moved up from there to get a permanent job in another orchestra, and just worked my way up in the industry there, and had some very wonderful positions in beautiful orchestras in Germany, and before I knew it, 25 years had gone by. And I just, I loved what I did, but I, there was a time when in my heart, it felt like it was time to do something different. And so I, I loved that whole experience living in Germany. It was not easy at the beginning. When I first started out, I had, I had a double whammy against me back in the day. First of all, I was a woman and it was still a man's world. And the second thing was that I was a foreigner. And I didn't speak German when I, when I first got there. So that took some time to learn German, right? And that took, well, it was about six months where somebody told a joke and I laughed at it. And they, they realized I understood German. And went, hey, you understand German. And from that moment, they wouldn't speak English to me anymore. That's when I really started to learn the language. But my first job there was in the orchestra where the men, they wanted nothing to do with a woman or a foreigner. And it was a very difficult getting into that situation. And I, were, I was there for three years before I moved up to another orchestra that was a godsend to get out of that situation. But I made it happen. I had to. I was determined. And, uh, you know, I did what I had to do to, to, to do my profession and do it well. 
And so what was it that, that made you um, push past all of those obstacles, Jane? You know, because you said that you were determined, but what was it that made you so determined? My love for the instrument was the first thing. I loved playing the French horn. I loved the music. Um, I love classical music. And being in those, being in a concert, in the moment where you're actually playing and there's nobody can say anything else to, a, you know, we're, we're now we're doing what we were here for. I just love those, uh, that whole experience playing in opera, a lot of different things. So it was the passion for the instrument. That's amazing. And 25 years in Germany and overcoming, you know, learning a new language, being in a foreign country. How was that? It, at the beginning, it was difficult. I remember the first time I went to a bakery, I practiced. Ich möchte Brot. I want bread. And when I got to the bakery, the woman knew very well that I obviously don't speak the language. And she simply went, blah, 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 blah. what she had said was, we have a lot of bread. What would you like? Because they had so many types of bread in Germany. And I just stood there and pointed because I, I, I was defeated. She completely deflated me. You know, so I went home and went, oh my gosh, I really have to start learning this more. And like I said, I worked on it. I worked on it every evening on my own. I learned and learned and learned until I could do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's especially, especially because the conductors were speaking German in a rehearsal. I guess I need to understand that, right? So, so you didn't have any baseline um, German language no, knowledge? No, in the beginning, I remember, now that you're bringing back... Uh, memories of sitting there and the other horn players having to say we're starting at measure 67 for example because i didn't know what 60 you know when they sieben und sechsisch in german what's that you know and they would they would tell me in english and yeah mm -hmm. so there was a learning curve there the people were very friendly though definitely well and you obviously overcame and you know became very successful you were doing it for 25 years so what made you decide to stop playing professionally there was a time, and I, this has happened all through my life, whenever I've moved somewhere, there's a time where I just feel it in my heart that I need a change. And I was not too happy about the situation. In, we were very, very privileged, but I didn't feel like I was helping people. And I remember a doctor, I was talking to some people at the concert, this doctor and his wife had come to the concert and he said, oh, you have no idea how much you help us. After I work a long week, I like to bring my, my wife to the concert. And I thought, that's not the way I wanted to help people. I thought there were people who need different kinds of help even more. And so that, that was a spark. And then the, the situation arose where my orchestra merged with another orchestra. And in Germany, they cannot fire you. We, are, we were government employees. Oh, so wow. they offered, yeah, when they said, for me, the magic word, was severance. I went, oh, I'm, I'm doing that one. <laughs> and I kept it very quiet. Uh, I was divorced at that time already. I'd been divorced for seven years, but my husband sat right next to me. Oh, we sat wow. next to okay. each other the entire time. Yes. Even mm -hmm. through our divorce, we kept that private. Mm -hmm. No one in the orchestra caught on that entire time. We, and we, because we both knew they're all, both of our friends, they're not, we didn't want them taking sides. Mm -hmm. We kept it completely out of our orchestra. So nobody knew we were getting divorced. As we sat there playing solo stuff together, they had no idea what was going on personally between us. It was, wow. it was difficult, but we got through it and we played together for another seven years. 
So at that time, though, there was still the idea of taking the kids out of the country. It was going to be delicate, but he was never there. And that's another long story. He was on business in China. My husband was Chinese. Actually, he still is. He's Chinese. Mm -hmm. And we, um, we, we made it work so that he would see the children when he was there and when he was playing. And otherwise, most of the time they were with me. So I had to be careful with that. But when it came time to go, everything worked out well. He knew as well as I did that he wasn't there as much as he could be. And he flies to the United States quite often. So he would be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I took that opportunity. I took the, the, I took the money and ran, put it that way. <laughs> I, I, I got worked on getting that severance and then I came home and started over again. Okay. Now, did you continue playing your French horn when you came to America? I still play occasionally. I play mostly at church. Uh, I play, I played in a community type orchestra for a while to help out, but no, I've, now I'm too busy doing other things that are where I'm happy helping people. So no, I don't play too much. Okay. But this way, I don't, I don't practice anymore. <laughs> not, not like I should. So. Oh, I bet that was an awesome experience though. It was wonderful. Yeah. So how did you become involved with Legal Shield and why? When I moved back to the, the States, I knew I wanted to do something new. And uh, I, I want to tell a short story. Before I left Germany, I was sitting in orchestra and the man that sat next to me for 15 years, we were always kind of chatting. And I said, you know what, Wolfgang, I don't know what I will do in America, but a year from now, I could imagine like being a dining room manager of a, of a, a nice restaurant, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. One year later, I was dining room manager of a golf resort. No and that, start, no. that job started out as dishwasher. I told my children when we moved to Michigan in, in, in the USA, I said, I'm going to get the first job that I am offered. And when I was offered the job of a dishwasher, my kids, especially my son, freaked. He said, mom, I'm never eating at that restaurant. I said, why? I do dishes at home and you eat there. <laughs> and it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for my children to think that I had gone from earning a six figure salary down to a dishwasher for mm -hmm. $9 an hour. Or not, it wasn't even that $8 an hour or something. Right. And I quickly was promoted though. They realized, you know, this, I don't belong in a dishwasher position. I just wanted my foot in the door. And within, within about a, a month, I was dining room manager. So that's where I started. But then I, became a certified mediator. I learned about mediation. I felt I was too old to even attempt something like law school. Uh, I was in my, my mid-50s. So uh -huh. I'm not doing that, right? But I became a certified mediator, worked with a, an organization in, in Michigan. They, they sent me then to the state of Michigan to Lansing for many more certifications. And I, I'm, I'm a very decorated mediator, if you will. I have some very um, extensive certifications. I was mediating in, in uh, Michigan the whole time I lived there. And then during that time, I learned if I would mediate and someone would accuse me of having given them legal advice. Well, a mediator is not allowed to give legal advice, especially when you're not a lawyer. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. not our job. That is not <laughs> the job of a mediator. So I quickly understood it. You know, oh, that means I could have a lawyer suing me for doing his job. I better cut this off really fast and do something here. 
And that's when I learned about the company Legal Shield. Uh-huh. And the one woman that signed me up for Legal Shield said something very wise to me. She said, I bet you see people in court who need lawyers but don't have them. Well, that's America. Mm-hmm. Most people in court, they are scared, they're frustrated, they're confused, they're angry, they don't know what's going on, all because they didn't even have the ability to pick up the phone and get advice. That's a sad condition to be in. Mm-hmm. I immediately then she said, will you look at what we do in Legal Shield?" And so I looked at how the business side of that company works and absolutely said, I, yes, I can do that too. And I added that to what I do. In 2013, I learned that my father was dying of cancer. He was 90. He had had great life. And he said, they want me to have radiation. That could kill me at my age. And said, well, yeah. And he said, look, I'm 90. A cold could kill me. He said, I'm not doing anything. I want to be happy until I die. At that very moment, another in my heart, I knew time to move again. I don't even think about the circumstances around me. My children were in, away at college, and I said, now it's time to go. And I called them both, and I said, guess where you're going for Christmas? I am moving to Texas. Now, wow. Texas is 1,500 miles away from where I was living, but I knew I needed to be by my dad. And in the summer, that, uh, that was in April that that all happened. By July, my daughter drove with me from Michigan down to Texas. She took some of her summer break and helped me move. And I've been in Texas now ever since. So my, my father lived for another eight months. We had fun while we could. And then I was just there. It was, it was such a, an honor and a blessing to be with my father when he passed away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful that you were able to spend time with him. Yes. And as, as life would have it, or as, you know, however you want to look at it, destiny, my fate, when I got to Texas, I was told that I couldn't mediate here without taking all new certifications. So I didn't push it. I left that and I was with my father anyway. I really didn't do very much of anything for eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I, I joined a rotary club. I joined Toastmasters to stay in touch with people. But other than that, I was really with my father. When he passed away, I immediately got back into Legal Shield, but then full time. Mm-hmm. I also learned along the way, yes, I actually could have mediated and I haven't picked that back up yet, but uh, you know, there's some things in the works there, but I really, my passion is for helping people. And when you, when you do a job at, that you see people or they will call you even crying saying, I was able to talk to a lawyer today and he gave me this advice and he helped me here or there or whatever that made me feel like I was really doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I am so passionate about what I do with Legal Shield. And I'm proud now that we, have, we are in all of the United States, all of Canada, and we have now opened up in the UK. So we are branching out. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so, so what are your plans for the future, Jane? Well, again, that my children are always asking me, well, when are you leaving Texas? Because they know I would like to be somewhere that's, that's green and with lakes and rivers and whatever. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different topical uh, you know, setting than, than what Texas is. And I have a, and this is joking, Terry, but I, I have a saying that even when Texas is green, it's brown. There's a lot of rocks. There's a lot of cactus, whatever. And I live in the hill country where it's very green. 
But I, anyway, I told my children, you know what? It hasn't hit me yet. The, the feeling that I'm supposed to go anywhere has not hit me. Mm-hmm. Except to move towns. I went from one town to where I now live. That's how you and I met living uh-huh. in Bernie, Texas. And I love living here. I don't, I just, the feeling's not there that I should be going anywhere. And until that feeling comes to me, and I call that, that's, that is God speaking to me. I think it, when I look back at my life, every time I've moved has been for a reason. And the reason will come or it won't, but I'm very happy doing what I am here. And that is continuing to build my legal shield business and, and helping people where I can. You mentioned some other things that I do. I am a Stephen minister. I love helping people in that within my congregation of my church. I love being a big sister. My little sister is now 14 years old. I have been with her for five years. The Big Brother Big Sister organization is a phenomenal organization. And I just love meeting with Lily. Her name is Lily. I meet with Lily every Friday after school or for a while there. We on a Zoom. But uh, it, it, so there's a lot of things that I do that are very meaningful. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, I, I go where life takes me. Well, and you're always making a difference no matter where you're at, Jane. Um, I've, I've known you for going on two years now and you, yeah. you are very heartfelt and you genuinely want to help other people, you know, succeed. Right. And, and to me, that's, that's just very important. Mm-hmm. It's very important to do that. So I love yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Well, and you know, I, I have a saying that, you know, always stay the course until God redirects your steps. Right. And that's exactly what I do. And there's some, I've been led to crazy, to do crazy things and be, well, what other people think are crazy. For example, I think, you know, that I went to Nigeria. Um, I went to Nigeria at the end of January for 10 days. Luckily I got back. The coronavirus was just beginning. So we were watching that in Nigeria as well. Uh, you know, what's happening here. And it wasn't until I got back that it really blew up with, you know, within a month, we were then in lockdown. Uh, But I go, I I took Bibles to a small church there. And I do something that people really consider crazy. And that is I met with some young men who had tried to scam me. And I tried to turn their lives around. And every one of the ones I met were very sorrowful for what they did. They were only trying to feed their families. Most of them are not bad people. They're good people doing bad things. And they are very religious and they realize, yeah, this does not match with my, which is more important. A little bit of money and you're, and I explained to them how much they are hurting people, not just in America. I mean, these scammers, they're, you know, I have, I've seen them talking to women in Poland and Hungary and China and they're all over. They're trying, that's not good. You're hurting people by, by faking who you are. Don't do that, right? It's all about be honest. Be honest with yourself first. So, wow. so you went all the way to Nigeria to confront those gentlemen. I've been there twice to do that, yes. Wow. And it's an interesting, you know, Americans are like, oh my gosh, that's so dangerous. But when mm-hmm. I get to Nigeria and told the people in the church that I was going to meet these young men, they had the exact same reaction. Oh my gosh, that's dangerous. No, they're not. They were humble. They were very, it was hard to get them to open their mouths. They're so scared. Wow. And and so did you have an escort or a bodyguard? Not a bodyguard. I had, I had a a guy from the church that went with me, of course. Yeah. And we just went to a mall and I stick out like a sore thumb because I'm, white <laughs> but it's a, there again is such a different 
dynamic than in the United States. The, the people, all you have to do is smile and they smile back and, and it, it's, yes, it's different. So I made a lot of friends over there um, in the church, you know, I did a lot of dancing and things I never do here in church. <laughs> uh, very different. I, I, and I, I just love it. I love the food. I love the culture. And yeah, I, I love those trips. I love going on trips that are not destination vacations. Mm -hmm. I want to go on a trip that has a purpose. I, I want my trips to have a purpose wherever I go. Uh-huh. So no, that's awesome. Well, Wow. That I just, I still can't believe that you went over there to confront them, Jane, that, you know, and I'm glad that you made it back and everything was safe <laughs> here. <laughs> you have to make them. They're so, they are so, they're like little children. They really are. And some of them call me grandma <laughs> now. Uh, you know. So anyway, the, yeah. Now, Jane, did you have a, a, a specific statement that you wanted to share with our audience today that really resonates with you? Well, from, I guess, a statement that I used to use with my music students, with French horn students, or anyone, if you have something that you want to pursue, and I'm saying this because I had to fight so hard to do what I wanted to do. Uh, it was not something that girls, girls, did a whole lot back when I started. That you just, I, orchestras were 90% men. So my mother was very concerned. Why would you do that? That's a man's world. No, stop. I want to play the French horn, right? And yeah. take for a moment, think, it doesn't matter what it is if you're in sports, if you're playing an instrument, if you want to be an astronaut, for goodness sakes, there, women are now astronauts. Imagine that. You can do anything you set your heart to, but you've got to be ready to listen for God. And I have, I'm just learning when I hear God. I, I, and Terry, y'all, I will be 65 on Saturday. My birth, I have a birthday. Oh, coming happy up. birthday. Yep, that's coming up. And I feel like I am just getting started. So you can do anything you set your mind to. You have to have believe in yourself, even when others around you are not believing in you. If, if you feel it in your heart, then you're talking to something bigger than anything around you. I think that's important. Oh, I completely agree, Jane. That's amazing. So let God lead your life and yeah. nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing, Jane. I and never stop learning. Never stop learning. That's important. But I completely so agree. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, Divas, that brings to a close another great, inspiring interview on Talk with Terry. Thank you to my amazing guest for sharing your thoughts and wisdom with our listeners. Divas, if you would like to connect with us, go to www.divasthatcare.com. Here, you will also find many amazing episodes from many wonderful and inspiring people. Don't be shy. Reach out and let me know if you have any questions or ideas. Or hey, just leave me a comment. Thank you once again for listening to Talk With Terry. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.